You're listening to the Stoic Solutions Podcast, Practical Wisdom for Everyday Life. I'm Justin Vakula, and this is episode 57, Men Going Their Own Way, MGTOW with Sunrise Hoodie. Today's special guest, YouTube content creator Sunrise Hoodie, joins me to talk about MGTOW, Men Going Their Own Way, Parallels and Dissimilarities Between MGTOW and Stoicism. Sunrise Hoodie talks of MGTOW as a philosophical approach to life, detaching from many parts of modern society while disengaging from romantic relationships, dating, marriage, and having children. He and other MGTOW talk of the downsides of romantic relationships, including loss of identity, great risks, money, time, and other resources. He encourages self-actualization and life optimization, offering support and advice for men. Visit my website at stoicsolutionspodcast.com, or you can connect with me on social media, find past episodes on many podcast platforms, and join my Discord chat server for interactive discussion. Support my work by becoming a donor through Patreon or PayPal to access special rewards, including the ability to have upcoming guests answer your questions, custom podcast episodes, and personalized one-on-one discussions. Share, comment, like, subscribe, and leave reviews to help support my efforts. Email me with your thoughts, justinvacula at gmail.com. Let's move on to today's conversation. All right. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me on, Justin. I've heard about MGTOW through many sources. That's why we have you on here today. Jordan Peterson, he was recently critical of MGTOW. I talked about that on a previous podcast episode. So we're getting a MGTOW content creator today, Sunrise Hoodie, to chat about his perspective and define MGTOW. Can you briefly explain MGTOW, men going their own way, and your focus? Men going their own way is a philosophy that is first and foremost a philosophy of men that are leaving a lot of things behind in society that have been expected of them uh, or they've been expected to pursue. They're leaving these things because they are no longer proving to have as many benefits as they either once did or they're proving to be too dangerous. For me, it's it's more of a spiritual path and it's more of a monk monastic-like living. Not that I completely shun social relationships with people and 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 don't go out in public and don't go to work right it's right. just not I'm a, not a hermit <laughs> yes yeah. i'm not a hermit by any means at all i understand the value of protecting oneself preserving oneself and putting yourself in the right situations in life and spending a lot more time alone than probably most people would and i think that migtau is viewed that way by a lot of men but migtau and the public eye is predominantly viewed as just men leaving either dating relationships, hookup culture, marriage, and kids, mm-hmm. which for some is the definition. And for some, it's really kind of where they draw the line. And I would extend it past that because when I think of MGTOW, I think of ascribing more accountability to myself and making sure I make the most out of my life. And just by byproduct. I don't pursue dating relationships. I don't want to get married or have kids. And that's kind of always been my bent and my angle. Even before I came across MGTOW and I found it when I was 22, I remember watching Fight Club when I was 14. And a lot of the Fight Club messages 
really relate to MGTOW. And I was like, wow, this clicks. Uh, and then I found MGTOW and it made sense. Right. So maybe there are these societal messages that, oh, well, you'll have happiness through relationships that all amassing this wealth and having this family and having these kids. This is the one true lifestyle. This is the way you can be happy. But you're looking to question some of those things and maybe they can actually take away contentment. I'm creating more value and putting more value on things that are far more impermanent now. Society is becoming a lot more unpredictable. The world's becoming a lot more unpredictable and, and dangerous. We job prospects are, are dwindling. And I always use the MGTOW is freedom line about marriage. Why would I want to get into a car that has a 70% chance of crashing? And I've used that a lot. And I think about that a lot. And I say, okay, a lot of people still don't care. They still want to get married because for them, the satisfaction of having that marriage succeed is actually worth the risk and potential divorce. I don't want to run the risk because I love my peace of mind. And also I didn't want to run the risk because I want to be able to benefit a broader scope of people in life. And that was part of it. I was like, well, you can have your little kingdom and your, and your white picket fence and your two and a half kids and <laughs> send them to college and, and all this stuff and the dog and the 401k and, and, you know, the nice Range Rover and Escalade and take them to soccer practice. You can live that life or you can potentially reach even more people. You can become an expert at something and really be a help not only to yourself, but to the community. And you just look at people like you and I, we both produce content. I say this all the time. I, I wouldn't be able to invest as much into this channel and, and reaching everybody on this channel if I was even dating. It just would not be feasible. I barely have enough time to make content each day. And it's mm -hmm. not that it's draining. It's just I love it so much that MGTOW only makes sense. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's thinking about your purpose, the kind of life that you want to live and really questioning societal wisdom. What others say mm -hmm. is this path right? Uh, you're saying, well, maybe I'm just going to do my own thing and that I'm not finding value in this as people say they might enjoy like online gaming or they might enjoy sports and it might not be everyone's cup of tea. So to say, well, maybe a committed relationship isn't the thing for me. Maybe marriage isn't the way I want to go. This seems to be the message of the MGTOW. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and precisely. And a lot of people will, they'll hear that and they, they think that there's either always pain in the past that's being avoided. There's always trauma. There's always mm. single parenthood, divorce. There's PTSD just underpinning every MGTOW man and, and his path. And and I, I say, no, that's, that's not all the, always been the case. And I made the video recently that you hearkened to earlier. Not all men have been burned. They just don't want to touch the fire. And that goes back to men are stepping back and are taking time to observe. So we're observing before we act. That kind of is shamed in society because going to what Jordan Peterson says, man has been given access to women and has been given access to status by being the one that always goes and faces the fears and the dragon and then comes back and then goes and does it, does it again. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that as a MGTOW, you never go and face dragons. I'm just saying you don't face dragons for the sake of other people's approval. You know, you, you face the dragons in the world because you want to be able to sleep soundly at night and look at yourself in the mirror and be comfortable. Because if you're able to do that, then you're truly able to move forward each day and do something to benefit whatever community you operate in or maybe just your small group of friends or yourself, whatever it is.
Right. So it's finding fulfillment in other ways rather than being in a relationship or placing mm-hmm. your happiness in the hands of another, which can be so dangerous. It's a common theme in Stoicism that we're to be content with our own selves, our own world, and not be so attached to other people, mm-hmm. to other things. And we're recognizing that change is an inevitable thing in life, that, well, there can be other people, other things that can benefit our lives, but should we really be completely demolished if they were to go away that can be a very unhealthy way to be yeah it's a very vulnerable way and it it's not peaceful what i said earlier i i didn't really want to ever build that kingdom with a family and with the home and making sure i have good life insurance for my family because i knew that it could be demolished Mm -hmm. you know i i knew it could be eradicated and i really embrace that part of stoicism you get that in buddhism uh you get that in christianity which i talk from an angle in a lot of my videos where the material is so fleeting and the only thing that you really possess is what's going on in between your ears and even that is attempted to be controlled (laughs) right that's what you have control over your own thoughts your own impressions your opinions of the world as the stoics say but of others behaviors well that's not in our control as many men will talk about their stories and saying that they've made the right decisions they've they've made the right decisions they've been very dedicated they put in a lot of effort and still their life was turned upside down when there was this allegation or the divorce comes or i'm unhappy and suddenly everything just changes right and i get that narrative a lot part of the most time consuming but appreciated aspects of the channel is the interaction with a lot of men that are the men that have had their worlds turned upside down and the interesting thing is i don't think that a lot of them maybe some of them thought that it could be you know it was kind of this invincibility mm-hmm. and MGTOW is interesting because you're both recognizing your fallibility, but you're reinvigorating personal confidence. I think society with the bravado that it preaches in the media and music videos and what it values and television, it says you can only be arrogant, confident, you know, you can't mm-hmm. be quiet, confident about life. And that really is misleading because people start walking down paths that they really can't operate in because they thought that they had to be that way because the rap video told them to be. (laughs) Right, right. They're just (laughs) imitating others and not really thinking about what this great life is like. They're saying, well, we need this fine dining. We need these really expensive things. And they're on this, as you've talked about the hedonic treadmill, right? They want more Mm -hmm. and more and more, but they're never really satisfied. And in fact, the happiness based on money that really seems to diminish that after a certain point of having money well is so much more going to be that more effective and we see Mm -hmm. even people with tremendous wealth power status they're still miserable yeah and that was one of the things that i started to realize when i when i dated i had this instinct that i needed to work harder and i naturally would say that i am diligent and i i enjoy hard work but it it kind of took it to another level where It's not like I was married to them or had kids or we shared a mortgage or whatever it was, but the male instinct kind of kicks in and you want to situate yourself to be a provider. And I actually enjoyed it a little bit, but then I realized I'm not saving. I'm not putting money away. And the more money that I put away, the more you're actually shamed as being stingy or shamed as being (laughs) concerned, you know? And I was like, wait, I'm, but I'm looking out for you. What's the issue here? 
that that was where a lot of the disconnect was and a lot of the disconnect is in the messages that I received. The men are confused at the fact that they thought that they did everything. They did everything to provide. They put money away. They worked hard. But for some reason, it wasn't enough. And that brings the question, maybe it's an issue in that other person's life mm-hmm. that has been dwelling and they haven't been able to get over it. And a lot of it is insecurity and a lot of it is an inability to internalize their own value, you know, so they need external validators. Right. And here there's also a caution. It's often mentioned in Stoic philosophy to be careful of the people we surround ourselves with, that if we're going to have a friend, close friend anyway, be very sure that they have good values, that they have good standards. We've spent some time before admitting them into our social circles. But nowadays, what? It's just, oh, we happen to go to school together. We happen to be neighbors. We happen to just casually know each other. And that's what leads to a connection. But it's not a solid foundation. And people might build from that unstable foundation Mm -hmm. and maybe even overlook some of the warning signs that they saw earlier and not only just for men for everyone for all the relationships that they have yeah and that's a good point it's a good point because it was one of the failures that i had in the past where i didn't actually recognize that i had autonomy over the people that i was hiring and i speak metaphorically it's like you have your life is a business And you have people that you can hire. And those are the people that you bring into your life. And I think this goes back to kind of my upbringing and a very empathetic, kind of conscientious, considerate upbringing. We valued those things. I kind of made myself a doormat in certain situations. And I felt, well, I needed to be a doormat, right? Because that's what means to be, that's what it means to be a good person is being a doormat. And that, as a man especially, is extremely destructive. And Jordan Peterson really emphasized that. And I think that's one of the reasons why the male audience is so large. He is reinforcing the fact that, as he always says, you need to be, what does he say, a monster and <laughs> yeah. civil at the same time or something along those right. lines. And that I'm like, that wow, that's, that's yeah. really, yeah. What'd you say? That you have that capacity. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, wow, that's really accurate. You notice that people actually end up respecting you more as a man when you do show that you can be a monster occasionally in a restrained but very powerful way. And that's what I brought up in a number of my videos is the idea of being meek mm-hmm. and the perception of meek as being a doormat. But in reality, meek is essentially the sword that is sheathed and you're very proficient at wielding it, but you just use discretion. Right. And that's a very important theme within Stoicism as well, is thinking about what are the things that we should be concerned with? Should we fight every battle? How are we going to approach situations that we can be careful in the way we do things to be prudent, right? To have a good foundation, a good strategy by which to undertake our lives and not just living at random, not just making impulsive decisions, but living an examined life and questioning that which we value self-reflection, you know, living that examined life. Self-reflection is, I thought I was a reflective person before I kind of stepped the red pill sphere, which is tied closely to MGTOW. And I didn't, I thought I reflected. I, I thought that I was looking inward and I was more aware than most people. But in actuality, making these videos, and I'm about 250 videos in now, it's pretty humbling to see how many layers that I've had to peel back. You think 
that you are there. You've arrived mentally. You understand yourself. And I'm 24 right now. And a lot of times people say, or, and I've gotten this message a lot, um, where it's like, you know, either you, you're, you're naive or you're immature, but a lot of it's true. Sometimes people 23, they get to be 23, 24, 25. And they say a lot of times that they notice a stark change in personality at that point. That could be artificial because of stages in society or that don't really want to get into the neurological aspect of it and everything, but there's some truth to it. And the MGTOW philosophy and how I view it is a perpetual exposure to your own shortcomings and your own strengths and just being becoming more aware, you know, a very stoic thing, as you said. Right. Humility in that case is very important to recognize our own faults, our own failings, some mistakes that we had committed in the past. And what we can do is not feel this deep regret that's not going to be productive. We might feel that a little bit, but not get overtaken by it, right? We can learn from the past. We can amend our ways in the present and look toward a better future. Mm -hmm. A lot of my videos, they are about the past and they are about stories. And stories really make up a lot of the fabric of MGTOW content. It's real life stories a lot of the time from relationships or or a lot of the times just from observations uh, in the past. As banal as me talking about tonight getting tailgated by people. I was driving the other day and I drive in a very uh, urban area and I'm just always so puzzled by how people will to no end tailgate you even though you're going 10 miles over the speed limit and Mm -hmm. it's just where are you trying to go what are you trying to get to why is it such a big rush that you get there in this expedient time and i used the story and said life wants to tailgate you as a MGTOW man a lot of the time. Life wants to speed up your day. Life wants to speed up your life. Life doesn't want you to enjoy it a lot of the time and Mm -hmm. it doesn't want you to enjoy it. And I I said to a coworker the other day, a guy that I supervise, I just flippantly said, hey, you better not do that smiling because you know you make less money if you're smiling. (laughs) (laughs) And And I thought about it and I was like, wow, that actually is somewhat true. <laughs> the more painful the job is, oftentimes, the more money you're getting. And society wants you to only exist in pain a lot of the time. And that's how a MGTOW man's felt. They felt disposed in many senses. And they say, well, I'm going to go over here in this corner over here and figure out what exactly it is I need so I can be more efficient when I am in that quote unquote game of life. So I don't get in that situation where I'm always with a frown on my face. Right, right. To try to avoid some of those situations, right? To have this uh, mental minimalism as you talk about and just having more freedom, having more autonomy in your life and structuring it the way you want rather than being so subjected to demands from others or unreasonable demands, some negatives that can come with relationships, these great opportunity costs. And you know, it's a common theme in Stoicism to use our time well, that we should be aware of the short time we have in this life and to not make a waste of our lives, to be cognizant of that, to remember that one day we will die. It's this it's this common stoic idea, memento mori. It's not a negative attitude to take, but rather one to say, I'm going to be grateful for this time that I have and make the most of it while I still can, rather than squandering it away. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And it's a good it's a point that I feel personally connected to within MGTOW. And I think even before I I learned of McTow is this duality of I'm fleeting, but I'm grateful. And that combination is actually not a negative experience. It's a positive one because it, it enhances the joy that you do have when you are 
alive or you are doing something you enjoy because you can only enjoy by recognizing experience of not having or the thought that you will not have this eventually. This brings up minimalism as well and the mental minimalism and also physical minimalism in life. And the reason for it is because if our time is limited, if our resources are limited, if our energy is limited, then we have to be selective because we know there's a there's a final line for us as humans. And so MGTOW is ensuring that every minute that I spend is as efficient as it can be. Every dollar that I spend is with some purpose. And I'm not saying that you need to be an ascetic and you can never do something out of fun. And that's a common view within MGTOW and I'm sure stoicism as well, where it's, oh, it's just, it's negative. It's pessimistic. You, you can't have any of the joys in life. And that's not at all the case. It's a peace and freedom, ultimately. Right. Yes. Uh, responding to that, there's this idea of moderation in stoicism that, well, yes, we don't want to be this uh, super poverty ridden person and just shun off all the things of the world and go live in that forest or mm-hmm. a cave or whatever. Right. But we can see things as indifferent that, OK, we can have some possessions. We might prefer them, but ultimately they don't take away from our moral character, our ability to choose and our ability to experience fulfillment in life that we can make do with what we have and not desire so much. Right. Mm-hmm. Is, is this desire really going to be so productive as people can get into that darker side of desire, find themselves in a personal abyss with intense negative emotions if they're going about happiness in the wrong ways letting go of desire is thing that i get a lot of in comment sections and there are ranges of it within MGTOW and ranges of it within my own community men that are quote-unquote completely monk uh, monastic they're living off the grid and that's fine that's something that i understand and there's also guys that i talk to on a regular basis that live in the so-called uh material world and they live in suburbia very wealthy opulent areas and you can be mctowers there as well there's no criteria per se there's just what can i function the best in or maybe i have to be here for some reason for some job at the moment or taking care of a family member at the moment and i need to be around this world it's just regulating yourself in that moderation according to your environment your environment and within MGTOW there are a couple terms that are used and one of them is ghosting as a common term and there's ghosting in plain sight and then there's kind of ghosting as in being a monk and ghosting is essentially hiding certain things about yourself that could be exploited that don't need to be revealed Mm -hmm. and that can be kept in order to keep yourself safe and that's completely fine but where society often positions a man is that if he has something of value, whether it's a skill or it's an asset of physical value, he has to relinquish it and he has to give it up. Otherwise, it is selfish. And I think that's unfortunate because some men are really good stewards of those things. And if they're really good stewards of those things, if they have that, they can accrue more. And they can use it wisely and then they can bring in other people and they can learn and be discipled and they can use that skill and a lot of people can benefit but often society wants to stymie men at one Mm -hmm. you know just themselves or to be expendable right so there could be that social good as stoicism wants us to be involved in society to help others to understand that we're social animals and look to 
live according to nature, as they say, think about these better parts of human nature and interact with others, help others, engage others. But sometimes this romantic relationship, marriage, a lot of these things can tie us down. And it's something that Epictetus writes about. He has a passage uh, titled On the Cynic Calling, where he talks about a school of philosophy that inspired stoicism. He talks about, be careful of what you're getting into. What are you signing up for? Really look into something mm. before you make that approach. He talks about how marriage can really stop you from going to and fro amongst men, not being tied down to acts that befit private occasions, nor being involved in personal relations, which if he violates, he will cease to keep his character as a good man. He shows services to his father-in-law, renders them to his wife's other relations and to herself. So he is reduced to being a sick nurse or general provider. What becomes now of that king of ours, Epictetus asks, who watches over every aspect of the public, whose duty it is to watch others, those who have married and got children, to see which of them uses his wife well, which ill, who is quarrelsome, which house is prospering, and which is not. He sees some marriage and relationships as a sort of distraction from benefiting the common good. It could be a danger, he knows. It's a good point to say, what are you signing up for? What are you signing up for? What are you bringing into your life? And marriage is one example of where that question is appropriately applied. What are you signing up for? Are you signing up for something that has been labeled as a finish line in life? Is it, it's been labeled as something that will fulfill permanently as it often is in Hollywood or something that is neatly packaged. And I've been guilty of this. We don't with enough experience, we finally can see that, we have to make our decisions for ourselves and actually use our own experiences. I think a lot of men have gotten married very young, certainly in some traditional conservative spheres that I'm familiar with. They thought that it was a safe zone now and they thought that the, it was a finished line and that they thought that it would be secure and that they thought that it would always be controllable. I'm not saying that these situations always end up abysmally, but the best thing is and I view this as a responsibility in my channel, is just informing men that this is the state of affairs. This is the world that you're walking into. And as a 24-year-old, I end up speaking a lot to the younger MGTOW men, the, the ones in even middle school, high school, and college. And I get that. There are guys that most content producers on, on YouTube are older than me. And so I get that I will probably get that younger demographic and because I understand that's who the audience is, I say, all right, I just want you at least to know the playbook of the other team that you're going up against, which is society. To be careful there. Epictetus, he goes on in his passage, he notes that ordinary marriages are liable to destruction and some uh, mm -hmm. what you might refer to as shaming lines, right? Things that people say to try to not quite tackle some of the claims that MGTOW creators are making, but rather some lines to try to get people back into relationships or marriage and heap shame upon them. He writes here, how then, says he, will he keep society going? And uh, Epictetus responds, do you think that those who bring into the world two or three ugly little squeakers to fill their <laughs> place do men greater benefit than those who exercise oversight so far as they can over all men to see what they do, how they live, what they attend to and what they undutifully neglect 
we should not be moved or astonished at his not marrying or getting children. Man, he is a parent to all men. He has men for his sons, women for his daughters. He approaches all and treats all in the spirit of a father. Do you think he reviles those he meets because he is a busybody? <laughs> so the passage, it seems that by having that single life, by not being attached to a relationship, that we can better benefit society as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. And that line, he is a father to all, essentially is how I kind of looked at myself when I was single and am single. And I, while I don't say that I'm fatherly to everybody, it's just you are there and you can choose to be with great a great amount of discretion and ability still be around a lot of people but you have more time to apply to a variety of people you have a greater scope of influence like we talked about earlier and going going off those shaming lines at the beginning the shaming lines are common and i've made about 18 videos discussing (laughs) shaming lines specifically (laughs) the shaming lines are unfortunate because they don't take into account what we just discussed that the MGTOW man is equipped to become something great. He can become something great, and I'm not just saying because he can be expendable, but because he can become something great and he can, he can become efficient, an expert at something. And <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell says, in order to be an expert, you have to spend 10,000 hours doing something and mm-hmm. to be an outlier. And I think that for me, I, I've always wanted to be an outlier in my life. And in order to be an outlier, I kind of had to cut out a lot of things and going MGTOW as they say applied as a verb it it implies that you need to sacrifice a lot and I thought what's the easiest thing for me to sacrifice and before I even found MGTOW it was probably marriage (laughs) based on what I've seen probably dating from what I've seen and I'm probably kids that was kind of a revelation that I had early on that kind of was just reaffirmed with MGTOW when I found it at 22. Yep. Seneca, he writes, he's asking what the foundation of a sound mind is. And he writes to not find joy in useless things. I said that was the foundation. It is really the pinnacle. We have reached the heights if we know what it is, if we are to find joy, and if we have not placed our happiness in the control of externals. These are things outside of us. The man who is goaded ahead by hope of anything, though it be within reach, though it be easy access, and though his ambitions have never played him false, is troubled and unsure of himself. So here it's looking for that inner contentment rather than looking for it on the outside. It's a concept that's surprisingly foreign to a lot of people, not just men or women, and especially in society controlled by social media now we don't know inner contentment because we are told that it's actually not genuine it's not real and a lot of the time inner contentment is not something that brings money you know it's not going to bring a tangible result and in a physical society that MGTOW is largely leaving that stoicism largely leaves it in a physical society if you're just inner content and you're not chasing the dollar you're not chasing instagram likes or twitter retweets then you might be lazy society says or you might not be working hard enough because the true result isn't inner contentment the true result is external affirmation then inner contentment follows and if that's the order uh that's where a lot of people get depressed a lot of people feel like they've fallen short a lot of people feel like they are not using their life 
as they should. And that's often the message that I get and the realization from a lot of MGTOW men is that, wow, I, I thought that I was insufficient. I thought that mm-hmm. I had failed. I thought that I, I was half a man. Well, what did you value? Where's your value system at is the question usually needs right. to be asked. Mm-hmm. Right. That mm. rejection can really be difficult for many people. And they'll think I'm worthless because my partner doesn't like me anymore or because this person hasn't responded well to my interest. And perhaps it manifested itself quite clearly in Canada recently where there happened to be um, this person under the banner of incel, as it seems, who mm. went out and murdered people, um, noting that he it seemed like he was motivated by some sort of revenge and wanted to harm others because he wasn't getting approval from women. <laughs> that is a whole other important conversation that I think that many people in MGTOW or not are having about this incel, whatever you yeah, want to say. Yeah, for listeners, the he's considering involuntary celibacy, right? He's saying that, well, he just can't get sex with women. He can't have relationships with women. That's what this man was convinced of, as it seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Harkening off of this idea of rejection, it's would be emphasized in MGTOW that you live for people's acceptance and then you die by the rejection and that puts you in a state of vulnerability as well it's like well are they going to hire me for a job or are they not going to hire me for a job your existence hinges on something that you can't control once again MGTOW and stoicism is the is the emphasis on the control like we said and right and, and not control hungry it's just control appropriate where to apply my energy according to the control that I have. And that is another shaming line that is used about MGTOW is that MGTOW men are solely MGTOW men out of either the fear of the rejection or rejection itself and that they have to be alone. And this brings up another term close to incel and involuntary celibacy, which is TFL, which is true forced loneliness. Then they throw, well, you just live in your basement and you have never been able to pay for anything and you have no skills to apply to life and you just play video games and eat Lucky Charms all day. And it's really unfortunate because what MGTOW does for a lot of men is that it makes them more marketable than they ever have been in their life. And they're more capable than they've ever been in their life. And they're more skilled. And the amount of men that have that viability in what's called the sexual marketplace, society will think that it's simply incomprehensible. If you're capable of getting a date and if you're capable of having sex and capable of having a partner, well, how could you turn that down? Yeah, they think they think that you're mad. <laughs> yeah, they're, wrong they're with just you. completely yeah. puzzled, you know. And that brings to the question, well, is that the trophy that society has shined for so many years? Is that the reward that you get is a partner or a, a spouse or sex? If it all boils down to that, then if you're refuting that, it almost is like a mental illness in some mm-hmm. in somebody's eyes, and mm-hmm. they're being quite judgmental. And the Stoics say to to not do that, to try to get to the reason of what people thinking and why, and not really just jump to judgment on things, right? To think of different perspectives that people might have, rather than name calling or insulting people. And on that topic of insults, it's a common theme in Stoicism as well. As we shouldn't really put so much worth on insults that people might direct toward us 
why should we be so concerned about their opinion, especially if they don't matter to us? It's just a stranger. And no matter how much we can do, there will still be people who despise us, people who will be nasty to us. Again, other behaviors aren't in our control. And it's Seneca who encourages us to, as I've said many times in episodes, to be our own spectators and seek our own applause rather than being so hungry for the validation from others. Mm -hmm. This shaming is something that I didn't have enough experience probably growing up letting it roll off my back. And I think that it's partially learned and it's partially about your self-confidence is Mm. accepting the fact that shaming or insults or rejection will come and being okay with it. And if you are okay with it, it means that you have enough confidence in yourself that the next thing that you do in life, the next action, you'll still be capable of doing it regardless of the fact that somebody thought otherwise. And if you're able to get to that point, then the shaming and the insults, they no longer have any value. And I think that this does go back once again to the Jordan Peterson conversation, the the man that's positioned to be a doormat today is the best man, not the man that is part warrior, worker, part just human. That's a, a goal of many MGTOW men and many young MGTOW men and many men that have been raised only without any positive masculine influence in their life, which often is the case today where the masculine influence is actually viewed as a threat, which uh, right. leaves men un, un, unequipped. Right. And a lot of media will talk about things like toxic masculinity and some of these really negative connotations, these associations with men and certain bad behaviors. And this doesn't seem to be a way forward when talking about many problems in society and talking about, well, maybe it's bullying, maybe it's this aggression that doesn't have a healthy outlet, right? It's not this being a man that's going to lead people down a dark path in life, but there can be some solutions for that, as we've talked about many different approaches to have a different kind of mindset, to be a more productive member of society and to get past many of the challenges that we have in day-to-day living. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about this term toxic masculinity before, and it's interesting that what I see is it just is the attack on the duality of the world, the attack on masculine and there being feminine and the existence of both and the yin and yang that is apparent in so many things in life and pretty much everything. And I talked about it in, I kind of did a cursory review of Dunkirk and Dunkirk is a, a recent film about a situation in world war two. It's a war movie and naturally Men were the ones that were going to appear in this film. There were a few women, but in history, there were not many women involved at all. It was probably 98% men with a couple women working on ships or nurses. I'm not, I'm not really even sure of the historical accuracy of what I'm saying, but that would be assumed. And it was viewed as toxic masculinity in some reviews. Wow. And I wasn't surprised. I was watching the movie and I enjoyed it. But I was thinking to myself, there are going to be a lot of reviews that are going to say that it disregarded the role of women. And I said, this is art. This is a movie. It does not need to fulfill a quota. It does not need to reach a quota. This is not a hiring quota. It's history. That is really a front on natural masculinity. And it positions history as toxic masculinity sometimes. And men, when they view that, they're like, where can I go? 
if I can't even have this sphere. I was being shot at. I was being killed. I was taken from my home. I was taken from my family. And you're still saying that I was acting as a toxic male. <laughs> it just, he's, it's puzzling. Mm-hmm. Right. And with stoicism, it, it seems to be very egalitarian in nature, as I see it talking about all human beings being capable of virtue, being capable of living a good life, that with certain teaching and application of concepts, we can be good. And at the same time, also make some bad decisions in life. So maybe some behaviors might be more common in men compared to women. We see personality traits, right? But there's that capacity that people can make their own decisions and their own choices. So to just say very negative things about one gender or another and use this toxic term doesn't seem to be a productive way to go forward. Mm -hmm. It's an important thing to recognize just for your own understanding of everything. And that's like we talked about something that I've always tried to apply in my videos where I assess things in each individual case by case basis and I attack a topic or an idea or a thought based on my own individual experience. And I think that's very valuable because it forces you to think and it forces you to reflect on yourself. And as MGTOW, it's, it likens itself to what the term is basically in definition, men going their own way. It's their own way. How do you reconcile? How do you view the meaning of toxic masculinity and how does it play out? And how am I going to make a video about men and women? Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. You're listening to the Stoic Solutions podcast. I'm here chatting with Sunrise Hoodie about Stoicism and MGTOW, men going their own way. Let's talk about some differences between Stoicism and some content creators or information within MGTOW. You've talked about before how anger might be a driving force in many individuals as they go through what you've called a red pill rage. For Stoics, anger is this distant concept, something that we should not seek to harness, to bring into a battle that can really obstruct our thoughts and lead to some really negative consequences. Can you talk about the red pill rage that some have experienced? Yeah, absolutely. Red pill rage is, it's a pretty common concept, often referred to as a stage within MGTOW. There's this thing called a red pill cycle. It's assumed that man goes through red pill rage shortly after a certain trauma in his life or an injustice typically involving a woman, maybe a breakup, maybe a divorce, maybe a lawsuit, maybe something that went on in family courts. And so they are enraged with the system because they see the reality. They see the injustice. They see things as they are, which is the definition of taking the red pill, I guess. It's I'm seeing things as they are. I'm seeing things through a red pill lens. And this red pill rage is often what fuels a lot of men into MGTOW. They want affirmation for the emotions that they're feeling like anyone would. So they consume MGTOW content. They listen to videos. They pound their fists on the desk and they say, finally, this is the justice that I've been looking for. And I think that that is a healthy period to go through. But the problem is if you're only in this red pill rage, you can't go from what Paul Proteus and other MGTOW content producer talks about as the freedom from stage to the freedom to stage. And I think, so you're leaving a world where you were living in this quote unquote injustice where the, the rage was created. And now you have this freedom, you have this access to a new world and this is freedom from, and for many it's, it's leaving rage. I get 
a lot of emails about red pill rage and I get a lot of emails about men that say I cannot live in, I, I have to live in red pill rage. I cannot get out of it or I have an influence of father that is trying to indoctrinate me essentially in this rage. It's stifling because you can sprint on rage, but you can't run a marathon on rage. You have to run a marathon on something that's steady. It is something that I would say I went through a red pill haze of sorts. Maybe I'm phrasing that because of a personality difference between me and maybe some other people. But I felt that I just needed explanations and I was searching. And during that time, I was in kind of a haze, so to speak. That is kind of how I'd view it. But I know that there have been pretty extensive videos made on it as well. Mm -hmm. So it's a look at understanding, okay, I'm feeling that anger, but what can I do about it? How can I be productive? Mm -hmm. Well, being nasty toward others isn't going to be a great thing to do or making such generalizing statements, you know, things like, oh, women have no value whatsoever. You know, statements like this that I've heard, those certainly aren't the Mm -hmm. ones that you're employing in your content, but you see in some YouTube comments or some people who are just really angry and creating their content or going about the world in this constant state of rage, it doesn't seem to be a good state to be in. I certainly wouldn't want to be in that. Mm -hmm. And often it's, if I was to put on this vibe that I was in red pill rage in my videos and I might get more attention. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's for sure. I, I think of what Thinking Ape, uh, previously known as Stardust Key, is another, not just MGTOW content producer, but a thinker, I guess, on YouTube. And he uses um, this term intellectual honesty. He values his intellectual honesty so much more than many things. Maybe one of the most important things to him is a content creator, and he has to be true to himself while also presenting information. And that's kind of what I try to marry. I try to marry my intellectual honesty with something that can apply to a lot of people, and that is something that's related to MGTOW, and that is pertinent. I value that a lot, and I try to, I think, be fair in that moment, because I think that while extremes are sometimes the accurate statement. I think that logic and assessing things slowly is often intellectually honest answer. Right. So as to not be so dismissive, so as to not be blinded by anger and yes, really look into it and not just lump everyone together as some women might do with men of like all men are pigs, all men are worthless. You know, you'll hear this from people just uh, raging online in comments or Facebook, Twitter, or whatever it might be. Right. Reddit. <laughs> Reddit. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, just to throw in there, I always, I always liken it to uh, probably butcher the quote, but it's from Star Wars. It's your anger breeds fear and fear breeds hate and hate breeds mm-hmm the Sith Lord, you know, so it's like, well, I'm going to cut that anger off when time comes because I don't want to be a Sith. (laughs) Right. It has that very self-destructive nature and could really stop you from finding purpose and more productive things. If you're going to use a lot of your time to just be negative and try to take down the world and destroy, that's not going to be a good path to go down. No, no, it's exhausting. Yeah, right. You've mentioned, too, that MGTOW comes with some sacrifice and some challenges. One, I think, is loneliness, a common human concern. Mm -hmm. What might you have to say to people who might have a difficult time being Mm -hmm. single because they seek a close connection in a romantic relationship? It's a very real thing, and often it's one of the biggest comebacks to somebody that's proposing a MGTOW life, they would say, well, you're going to come up short eventually because you're going to be too starved of romantic 
connection with another person's viewed that way because they also think that by going MGTOW, you're not going to socialize with people, that you're not going to have any friends. It's kind of an immediate feast or famine view of MGTOW. But I would say to people, just as an encouragement, loneliness is something that usually indicates a lacking elsewhere as well, like boredom. Loneliness and boredom are often two of the biggest deterrents towards the MGTOW life and also the biggest friends of bad situations. And I would say to somebody, what what are you wanting to do now that you have this void, I guess? I believe I've talked and I, I wrote about this the other day that there's this thing called the positive void or an opportunity void that's often left when somebody leaves a girlfriend or leaves and has a divorce. They have all this time. Mm-hmm. They have this energy. What are you going to do to fill it? And that, for at least a short amount of time, will satisfy people in that loneliness and allow them to move forward, or sometimes a long amount of time. I would also say this doesn't mean that you can't ex- you can't be around like-minded people and that you can't go and talk to people about these things as well, because somehow you're more enlightened if you don't. It's not a cold turkey on human beings view either. Mm. And while I don't date and I don't I don't pursue those relationships, I. I am always looking to cultivate new connections with people every day in some sense. And I am still what I would say an introvert overall, but I understand the level of interaction that I need to keep my mind balanced. Right. So to keep yourself occupied, that can be a positive Mm -hmm. coping mechanism to have hobbies, to have interests, to find meaning in different things, not say, oh, well, a relationship, a marriage, kids, whatever happens to be the case that that is needed for a meaningful life. You say, no, I I can have that meaning in some other way of my own accord to just uh, surround yourself and use your time the way that you want. It's not, it doesn't have to be this one way. People will have different approaches to it. Mm-hmm. Within Stoicism, there's this common thought of the obstacle being the way, particularly related to the writings of Marcus Aurelius and saying, well, there could be something that can pose a challenge, but that could be that opportunity, like you mentioned, to go a different path, to be reinvigorated in some way, to think, how can I get past this? Can I try a new way at it, especially if we try the same approach again and again, and we don't get that good result, right? Maybe it can be a time to try something different. A lot of men that contact me discuss that it's almost like an organic time in their life that introduces a new era. It's literally a new reality. The world doesn't look the same anymore because so many options and so many potential opportunities have been closed off because they were in this mindset that yes, I needed this relationship to be complete. And now they're like, well, I can have all my belongings in this bag right here. I'm going to go and fly to point A or place B or place C and experience Mm -hmm. life there. And reason that you didn't go before was because of this entity that was keeping you there. Now you realize the options are almost endless. And some end up going into a paradox of choice with life. They don't know what exactly to do. Now, there are so many choices to choose. And that brings up another interesting point that some men actually, to use the term blue pill, which means the opposite of reality or choosing to ignore reality. And often in in MGTOW, it's the pursuit of the romantic relationships, the blue pill days. Men will choose that because it actually, it fills their time. 
they have no other opportunity to think of other possibilities. It's like the, I want to be an entrepreneur or I want to work for somebody as a nine to five employee. Some will choose the nine to five job because they don't want to have the pressure of creating everything, even though that means freedom. Right. And here in the writings of Seneca, he questions what price we might pay for things that might seem easy or come easy or to go on that path that someone else puts forth for us. He writes that some objects are superfluous. Others are not worth the price we pay for them, but we do not see this clearly. And we regard things as free gifts when they cost us very dear. We are eager to attain them at the cost of anxiety, of danger and lost honor, personal freedom and time. So true is it that each man regards nothing as cheaper than himself. Let us therefore act in all our plans and conduct, just as we are accustomed to act whenever we approach a huckster who has certain wares for sale. Let us see how much we must pay for that we crave. Very often the things that cost nothing cost us the most heavily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, here from this passage, I see about, yes, being careful about once again, the path that we want to take in life. And well, it might seem to be an easy path. It might happen to, we, we think that there's some fulfillment that might be had, but what is the trade-off for that? I have a note section in my phone and I write down all the ideas that race in and out of my brain every day relating to MGTOW. And yeah, one of them is if it's too easy, it's probably too dangerous. And society in a I think society is ruled by anxiety a lot of the time and it's ruled by what can I do to get rid of the anxiety and well, easy solutions are what we do, you know, whatever, a lot of times different vices. Well, it's easy. I have access to it and no matter how bad my past is or no matter how bad the day is, I can go to that easy option and easy outlet. Part of MGTOW is men leaving that world and discipline and an element of sacrifice. I found that a lot of MGTOW men have a high sacrifice threshold. They are not being ruled by the hedonic treadmill, like you mentioned earlier. They're at least trying not to be, or they're throwing away things that they used to value and letting go, like we've discussed. It's a lot of it is maybe you value something too much. Maybe that is your downfall, or maybe that's where you become weak. And I know that I have, I, I know that I always have to check the level of value that I give things because sometimes it's dangerously high. Good. I just am amazed what the MGTOW community and I want to learn more about stoicism subsequently, but I'm, I'm amazed at the intellectual pursuit of so many men in it, the, the connection with intellectual growth that I was really craving, I guess, in, in MGTOW and I hope that a lot of people that come and visit and listen to your content, Justin, and listen to my content, they view it as such because while I'm trying to reduce stress and things that I don't like in life as much as I can, no matter what you do, you still need an outlet and the opportunities like this to discuss things are really beneficial and really helpful and I think every man has been craving it. They've been craving a forum like this and every person throughout history, So, and especially now. Good. Thanks for that support and for your time today. It's this idea of constantly being learning, of subjecting ourselves to the world, have those opportunities to expand in our thoughts and find some areas in which we might be lacking as surely we've changed our minds in the past about many things. And perhaps we don't have all the answers, right? That attitude of humility again. 
in really just getting out there, hearing some insights from others and coming across some new information or different approaches to things. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on, Justin. It was awesome. Yep. All right. Thank you for joining me today. And how can people find out more about you? I'll put information in the show notes, but you can talk in the podcast about that. You can find me primarily on YouTube at Sunrise Hoodie as the name you'd expect it to be spelled out, Sunrise, and then Hoodie, like the hoodie sweatshirt, space in between. And then you can find me on Twitter at Sunrise Hoodie, no space, all lowercase. And then if you want to email me, I get back to all my emails and I'm willing to read long ones as well. SunriseHoodie at gmail.com is where I'm at. Visit my website at StoicSolutionsPodcast.com where you can connect with me on social media, find past episodes on many podcast platforms, and join my Discord chat server for interactive discussion. Support my work by becoming a donor through Patreon or PayPal to access special rewards, including the ability to have upcoming guests answer your questions, custom podcast episodes, and personalized one-on-one discussions. Share, comment, like, subscribe, and leave reviews to help support my efforts. Email me with your thoughts, justinvacula at gmail.com. Podcast music, used with permission, is brought to you by Phil Giordana's symphonic metal group Fairyland from their album Score to a New Beginning. Audio edits are brought to you by John Bartman. Have a great day.